Micropod Monday. I'm sitting here with Matthew Callens, and we have a new topic this week. Just like always, we touch on one new important topic each week in under 30 minutes or less. And today's topic is fitness as a way of life. So we are here to talk about how fitness is not something that's just an event or something that you have to carve time out for out of your week. Fitness is something that if involved in your overall lifestyle, um, it can be easier to stay fit both mentally, physically. So uh, why don't you start us off with where the impetus behind this uh, topic came from? Yeah. And I think just right off the bat, just because I think when a lot of people hear fitness, they think about going to the gym or running or, you know, physical fitness. And I think uh, just a cool reframing of that word is to think of it as just kind of your health, because I think fitness is both a physical and a mental thing. Um, And I think you have to exercise your mind just as much as you exercise your body. And I think for me, um, there's been a combination of things that have kind of led me to think about this topic in a different way. One of them being the pandemic that's going on, just because I think that kind of shifted people's exercise schedule in a lot of ways. I mean, we don't have the gyms to go to anymore. Um, The classes are closed, like yoga studios are closed, all of that's closed. And so I think people have kind of had to either A, stop exercising or B, find out ways to kind of fit it into their life in different ways. And and that was definitely something that I had to do as well. And then um, also, I think that one thing that made me start thinking about this was reading the book Living with a Seal by Jesse Itzler. Um, I know you know who Jesse Itzler is, but for those who don't, he's an entrepreneur, very successful entrepreneur. Um, but then he's also an endurance athlete. And at one of the endurance races that he was doing, he saw David Goggins, who, for those who don't know, ex Navy SEAL, probably the most intense person on the entire planet. And now he does endurance runs and um, events all over the world and raises money for some of the people in uh, like families of SEALs who have passed away in combat, which is awesome. Like the dude is hardcore, like so hardcore. But Jesse saw him at a one of these endurance uh, events and just saw him doing the whole thing by himself, like no crew, no like extra supplements or like anything just like a bottle of water and maybe like a protein bar or something and jesse was immediately like i need to know who this guy is and he's just like a very he kind of like acts on impulses and so he messaged david tried to get a hold of him and literally just invited him to come live at his house for a month and train him and David was like, uh, okay, A, who are you? <laughs> and then like, B, okay, but you have to do every single thing that I say. And so David goes and lives with Jesse for 30 days and kind of by the act, by the training regiment that he takes him through, Jesse has this like completely transformed view of what fitness is, when you fit it in, because David's waking him up at all hours of the day and night to go run six miles around um, Central Park in New York. And making him do push-ups on the ground at like all hours of the day. He interrupts business meetings and has to have him step out and do sit-ups and push-ups in his office, like push-up tests, like whenever. And something that I think Jesse comments on uh, is is that concept of just like fitness doesn't have to be like going to the gym and doing your class or doing your workout for an hour. Like you literally have the ability to exercise if you have your body with you. You can drop down to the floor and do 20 push-ups or 10 sit-ups or you can step outside and go run down the street or whatever. Like you can fit it in here and there. And, um, and that actually ends up making like a pretty substantial difference, I feel like. And so that kind of shifted my mind of like, if I have a little bit of time, 
and I have a little bit of energy, like why not do that? Why not do some sit-ups or why not go take a jog or do something active? Um, so that was one of the things that definitely got me thinking on this topic in general. And I'll get into the other ones, but but yeah, I'll, I feel like I've been talking for a sec. So Nailed it, nailed it. And uh, leads me into my first bullet point, which is just right in line with what you're talking about, but basically how little time you need to allocate to like intentional fitness it's not something that you need to do even three times a week for an hour like if you're at zero and like you're not working out at all five minutes a day is going to get you somewhere like i had a professor in college and i feel like i start a lot of my stories like that but (laughs) anyways this dude's name is todd hill and he was like a consultant and also a professor but just a high like a high um busy very busy guy and he said he did he i don't know where he got it from but basically 7 minutes a day of body weight squats push-ups like stuff that you're talking about 7 minutes a day 3 times what am i saying 21 minutes a day 3 7 minute intervals is what okay. he did fundamentally changed his life so he's doing you know i guess like 100 minutes of exercise a week and he's looking fit feeling healthy um keeping him basically mentally and physically able to perform his job at the level that he wants to perform at and um the question i had for you to kind of like set some like boundaries here because everyone obviously has different goals for what their fitness looks like but i think it's important to identify like what fitness looks like both mentally and physically so maybe before you go to your next bullet point tell me like how you define what like for you being fit and being healthy looks like um the word that comes to mind is is capable Um, and so I think I see fitness as a necessary fitness and exercise, like exercise of the mind and the body as very necessary tools in my life that basically allow me to be a capable human being and be, you know, the person that I want to be in my life situations as they, as they unfold. Um, and so, yeah, just staying healthy, staying mobile, staying flexible and staying functional within my, in my own body. I think those are uh, main parts of the physical aspect. And then for the mental aspect, I think just feeling sharp and communicating clearly and being able to, uh, speak, uh, clearly about what I'm working on or, you know, um, just be able to communicate effectively in the business world. Um, cause you can tell when you have some brain fog and I think, but there's, uh, Kamal Ravikant, I just listened to him on a podcast with Rich Roll, was talking about how our brain is actually the most malleable thing that we have in our body, but it's the thing that gets exercised the least. And so I think it's very easy to place a lot of importance on your physical exercise and it's easy to ignore uh, mental exercise, especially if you have a job that's working you nine to five. But I also think there's ways to keep your mind engaged. And I think that's the main piece of physical exercise is like exposing your mind to information of things that you're interested in or curious about, whether that's reading or listening to an audiobook, um, or just thinking about complex things and progressive issues. And, uh, I mean, there's so much media out there. Like you can find interesting articles or podcasts or whatever type of media you like to intake. If you're a documentary watcher, do that. Or you can just learn in conversation as well. Like get yourself in the right rooms or get yourself around, you know, the right groups on social media who are having these conversations where you can just tap into it. But I think that mental exercise is hugely important and it will end up benefiting you in your life, uh, no matter what you're doing. Just because I think if you're, if you have an active mind, you're just going to be a more engaged person. 100%, 100%. The thing that you have to like 
I think when you understand human psychology and you're trying to, we've talked a lot about build habits, build healthy habits. Um, if you want to make being fit more part of your lifestyle, but you don't really know where to start, it's like set realistic goals. Something very simple, like instead of an hour a night on your phone, like maybe do 10 minutes of stretching and yoga, then do your 50 minutes of time on the phone or whatever. That's an exaggeration, but um, small little goals that you don't feel like they're super overwhelming. It's easy to just be like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cave back into my normal routine. But if you just say, okay, I'm going to commit to 10 minutes of X, meditation or yoga or even just like, yeah, working on a, like we were talking about working on a puzzle or something, <laughs> you know, like yeah. just... Just getting, um, making some time intentionally to to practice that mental health. And then I think there's also something too about feeling a little bit guilty about taking that time for yourself because a lot of people would say, well, uh, like a lot of people are always kind of in this, like communicating with other people, responding to messages. They get off work and then they're like from work to home. They have a little bit of time maybe and then it's like dinner and then there's just always something going on. But when you like take that time for yourself to be better in the rest of your day. Like you're doing yourself and the other people around you a big service. So I think not feeling um, like guilty about just like taking time to like reset mentally, reset physically sleeping. It's another big yep. one. Like when I sleep in, I thank myself for that. Yeah. I don't kick myself in the ass. Like I used to be like, Oh man, I just slept too much. Like I should have gotten up earlier. And now I'm an hour behind all these thoughts start to like become a negative feedback loop. Yep. Now I'm like, oh, I slept in, like, cool. Like, now my body's happy with me. I needed the rest. Like, yeah. So um, I, I think that's kind of like another thing is just like letting go of like these shoulds or these kind of like parameters. The expectations, stuff. yeah. I mean, because I think the little things do make a huge difference. And actually, uh, so there's these things called blue zones all around the world, which are the places around the world where there's the most uh, centenarians, which are the people who have lived over 100 years. And this guy named Dan Buettner uh, basically dove into the research behind that of like, what are these people eating? What are they doing on a day-to-day -day basis? Why are these people living so long? And he actually wrote a book called The Blue Zone Cookbook, where he kind of profiled what these people in these places are eating and kind of like how they're living um, and literally like lived with these people and watched them cook and wrote down the recipes and then brought them back to America and wrote, wrote his book and did all those things. Uh, some of the places that were profiled were Okinawa, Japan, uh, a few places in Costa Rica, but specifically the Nicoya Peninsula, and then also in Greece, the Ikaria Island. So those were those were three of the places that he mentioned. Um, but one of the main things that he noticed as kind of a uh, as a consistent across the board were that these people were very mobile. Uh, but not in any any crazy way. And that's why I would emphasize not underestimating the small things because one of the things that he was noticing these people do is they move just about every like 20 minutes or so. And it's not crazy. They're not going up and running miles or doing jumping jacks or push-ups or sit-ups or anything like that. Um, most of their cultures are floor-sitting cult cultures. So they're spending a lot of time in the floor, which means that their hips are naturally a little bit more open because if you look at the way that we sit in America, we're very slouched and a lot of our chairs are, are <laughs> I mean, we're kind of doing it right now. I mean, couches just make right us slouched. Yeah. Um, but so he was talking about how that action of just getting up and down off the floor 
every single day, like upwards of 40 to 50 times a day actually makes a huge difference and walking around and kind of splitting up your day in incremental periods of where you're just getting up and stretching out your limbs and uh, literally just stretching out your body. Because especially for most of us, in a, like in America, a lot of people are sitting behind a desk for eight hours a day where they're slouched over and it's bad for their neck, it's bad for their back, it's bad for their everything, mm -hmm. basically. Um, and so I think just incorporating little things like that throughout your day, whether it's literally just standing up and stretching or taking a little stroll around your office area or or maybe even um, incorporating some more floor time into your into your daily routine, I think is important. But um, But yeah, so fitness doesn't have to be like this huge you know, endurance test or this huge like hit workout or I think, I think, um, taking it into like smaller, uh, bite-sized pieces is, is important, especially for our longevity, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, pretty evident from what this Dan Butner guy is studying with the blue zone stuff. And when you go from like 20 age 20 to 25, you start to have this change of like, okay, I'm not working out just to like be jacked or like r dunk a basketball or whatever. It's like, I'm working out because I want to be able to go on hikes with my kids, ski when I'm old, like be right. physically capable of doing all the things that I want to do at an older age. So yeah, the, the mindset shift um, of just 20 to 26 for me was huge. Like I can only imagine like looking back, I mean, my mom has like hip problems. So she looks back and she's like, Kyle, don't run too much on concrete. Like you have these hip problems too. And like just being aware that later in life, like the body breaks down, you know, and right. how we how much like we move to like the types of movements that we have. I did a podcast with my brother on movement in the modern world where we just talked about the sedentary lifestyle, sitting in a car, sitting in a desk and how that creates like certain kind of like posture tendencies and how you can combat that. Um, one little tip from another podcast I did with Dr. Aaron Rowan on ACP was um, the human body stores emotions physically in the muscles so i think we all a lot of us will know like if you're stressed about something your body's going to take a certain position for me i take my shoulders kind of like come in and i get a little stressed like this i'm like oh man I, like things are tight i'm at the compete like the computer or whatnot what you can actually do is like focus on that emotion let it happen and then just move your body and let it out so if you practice that you'll actually First of all, you'll neutralize the emotion itself. And second of all, you'll start to break down some of that tension, which results from emotional or mental uh, stress. So little little pro tip there. Yeah, and just paying attention to your posture throughout the day mm -hmm. or just the way that you're sitting or standing or you know slouching mm -hmm. or the position that your neck's in or... Like we don't give our feet a lot of love. We don't give our hands a lot of love. True, um, they do a lot for us. So I think bringing a sense of awareness to the to your body just throughout the day is important, mm -hmm. and returning to your physical presence, but then also your your breathing, because uh, I think that's another important thing. Uh, and then when you do bring a little bit of consciousness to it, you actually start to realize, like, oh my god, my lower back has been so tight, or my neck has been so tight, and if I just took two seconds to stretch it out a little bit, I would feel a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, posture and, and kind of just the way we're moving in our, uh, w when we're not doing the things that would be considered exercise or like fitness related activities like that, the way you use your body during that, cause that takes up a majority of our life is, you know, when, the, when we're just going about our day to day activities and working or cooking or hanging out with friends. So like maybe that's an even more important time to pay attention to 
uh, how we're, we're sitting or standing or moving uh, than when you're actually, I mean, it's equally as important, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just bring awareness to that. I think it's good. That's a good one. Kelly Starrett um, was on Chase Jarvis and I, Man, a lot of different re- uh, references and resources are coming to my brain. Yeah, this is a, yeah, this is dense the, uh, with that. The coffee works well. Um, <laughs> Kelly Starrett talks about using the breath as a testing mechanism for if the body's in a good position. So basically, if you're working or you're sitting, cooking, whatever, trying to take a, like a deep breath, like... And if like you kind of get caught, like the way I'm sitting right now, I'm not in a perfect position to take a deep breath. So I'm not going to get the full maximum breath that I could possibly get. That lower belly breath. The lower belly. On, I think if you lay on your back is kind of like the ideal, like you can get really a deep breath. If you mm-hmm. start by expanding your lower stomach and then let it breathe up through the back and out, let the ribs expand, you can get kind of the biggest breath. But yeah, using the breath as um, kind of like some to tell you whether you're in a good position or not. Mm-hmm. Um I had well two things. One, I had a, I got rear-ended by a drunk driver like four years ago now, four or five years ago. Brutal. Messed my back up bad. Like the thoracic middle upper region of the spine was just super tight. Um, it was like seven, eight months where I couldn't really sit in a chair. Like oh. I was able to work out and like when I was moving, I was fine. But sitting at a desk and like doing schoolwork or work or anything like that was just so like brutally painful. And that period of time i actually learned at the age of 21 um 22 21 22 how important it is to take care of the spine like they don't you don't have a when you're healthy you don't realize how important it is to stay healthy like it's only after you're injured that you're like oh shoot i shouldn't have been sitting like that i should have been stretching more whatever it is and uh that was a big wake up call for me just like to kind of like adapt that lifestyle a bit yeah and most injuries are not like the root of the problem of most injuries is not at where that actual injury is for like for example most knee injuries uh stem from like a deficiency in your mobility in your hips Mm -hmm. and you know there's because everything in in the body is connected i mean it's insane to think that that's not the case and so the body is a project right and so you have to pay attention to each each part of it in order to get one functional system basically um and then we've kind of touched on it too but just the concept of breathing and paying attention to your breath uh one thing that i experiment with a lot is nose breathing Mm -hmm. which sounds kind of funny but i mean once i heard that nose breathing is actually it helps our body's ability to utilize oxygen intake and i guess when you're nose breathing at any given point in time there's about 20 percent more oxygen in your bloodstream which is crazy um so now sometimes intentionally to do that i'll put like just a sip of water in my mouth as i'm out on a walk or if i'm meditating or even if i'm doing like some form of light exercise you're not doing the tape over the mouth yet. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have seen people doing that i mean i don't know i don't want to be that guy but i <laughs> I, I, I keep it settled james which nestor's is like book a, breath is kind of like what's made this concept of nose breathing like such a big thing in 2020 especially with like wearing masks and the fact that covid's like a respiratory disease yeah this is something that is not talked about, but just breathing through your nose significantly reduces the amount of virus that can get into your body yeah. and the amount of like particulates and things. Like we have a natural air filter here that conditions the air. Like I think it adds like nitrate os- nitrate nitric os- oxide or something. Uh, don't quote me on that, but <laughs> there's something about the way we breathe through our nose that James Nestor talks about where it actually conditions the oxygen and the, the, the air basically to be more usable. So 
Um, check out James Nestor's book, Breath, for some more details. Yeah, there. or just go on a deep dive of any type of breath work in general, just because mm-hmm. it's it's powerful stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. whether you're doing the Wim Hof method or holotropic uh, breath work. Um, it's like fun, too. It's fun, yeah. yeah. Once you do it. Oh, yeah. Especially Before, you're like, you oh, like, I could put that off. But then you do it, and you're like, wow, that, I feel powerful. amazing. Yeah, Especially yeah. if you go to like an actual session, and you're on, it's like a guided one, and you're on your back. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I got visuals, like, mm-hmm. for sure. Because you're laying on your back with your eyes closed and he's taking you through this like intense breathing mm-hmm. exercise. And by a few minutes in, like my whole body is tingling. Yeah. And I'm having like like psychedelic level yeah. visuals going Man, you're on. you're ready for the ice bath now. I know. That's <laughs> Gotta get you in there. So I got one more uh, before we wrap this one up. Um, and it's just like simple things like taking the stairs or today, for example, I had to get my tabs renewed for my car and I had to return something at REI. I just took my bike and it took me like not even that much longer. I got to do the errands I had to do and get a workout at the same time. That's why I love riding my bike so much, but it's instead of like driving and, you know, paying for parking, paying for gas, having to go through that whole process, it's just kind of killing two birds with one stone. So thinking about the ways in which we can, um, walk places and uh just kind of like stay physically fit like i'm on the seventh floor of this place and haven't taken the stairs once but i I intend to (laughs) i'm getting there (laughs) um yeah so making fitness a lifestyle i think or a way of life is something maybe it for me at this point in my life it's like there's no effort that goes into it like i enjoy going on bike rides it's not about like a oh man, I have to go to the gym. And I think people that do go to the gym and like make that a routine, it becomes fun as well. Totally. And I'm in that, you know, I love, I still love going uh-huh. to the gym. I mean, I love working out outside, but I'm still, I love going to the gym. It's great. Yeah. I miss it. <laughs> I'm an outdoors guy and the gym is great, but I just, it gets so boring and repetitive for me. And sure. Like, Roddy like talks about like being creative on that weed and exercise podcast. That's yep. another shout out. Check that one out. And just like in terms of making exercise fun, like smoking a joint before. Oh yeah. Pretty good technique. That's our thing yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, it makes it a lot more interesting. That's, that's for sure. But yeah, I think this is one we want to engage with the audience a little bit and hear kind of like how people, like what people perceive as fit for them, both mentally and physically. Um, we'd love to hear some audience responses on that. So where can they direct those to us? Uh, yeah, I mean, send us a DM on on Instagram. We're pretty active in checking that at the Symphony Co. And then also on our website, um, thesymphonyco.com. We'll get active in the stories on the Symphony Co. Definitely. Symphony Co on uh, Instagram. Yep, yep. So keep an eye out for that. Fantastic. And until next time, Micropod Monday. This was a fun one. Yeah, it's a good one. Time flies. We're already past 20 minutes. <laughs> it's the coffee. Beautiful. All right, Matthew. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm.